Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. Sometimes it can feel like we're on the cusp of a massive social revolution in terms of self-driving and autonomous vehicles, right? And yet, it's sometimes the silliest little parts of how this is all changing life for us that maybe catch people a little bit unprepared. Case in point, a video on Instagram that's gone wild over the weekend shows an autonomous vehicle, part of General Motors' cruise line, interacting with SFPD. That's right, the San Francisco Police Department tried to pull over one of the GM autonomous vehicles. And all you can really see when the video starts is that the cops got the car pulled over and walks up to it looking a little befuddled about what to do with a vehicle that doesn't have its lights on, which is why it got pulled over, but doesn't have a driver, so who does he call? What does he do? (laughs) What's the protocol here? And the best part, my favorite part, is onlookers are watching this and trying to figure out what's going on and kind of having a chuckle about it, is that when he walks back to his car the vehicle starts off again like it's going to escape. Now, now what it does is it goes through the intersection, and then it goes to the other side, puts on its blinkers, and pulls over again. The people from General Motors say that this is what it's designed to do, is to find a safe place to pull over, which apparently where it had been previously was not a safe place. But then, you know, the police officer gets out again, befuddled. Another officer joins him. They're both trying to figure out what to do with this thing. By the end of the video that's a couple minutes long, a third officer joins, and it's just, you know, everybody's baffled. But it's a legitimate question. If you're a police officer and the car's doing something inappropriate, what do you do? And then what do you ask it? You know, license, please? Registration? Proof of insurance? Have you been drinking? You know, what kinds of things are going to happen in this scenario? So GM says the car actually did what it was supposed to do. The lights issue has been fixed. And if the police ever have a question about an autonomous vehicle, there is a hotline that they're supposed to be able to call in order to figure out whether the vehicle is truly autonomous, whether it's being remotely driven. That would be an interesting problem and what to do and whether to let them into the car, which, again, what I wonder is at that point, what's the uh, what's the end goal? Okay, you got in the car, and now what? Do you let it off with a warning, a stern talking to? Does it cry its way out of a ticket? And what happens if the car decides to get lippy with the cops? Well, again, I suppose these are things that uh, the police are just going to have to figure out. I suppose the ultimate penalty here is they could tow it if it will let them. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me, and I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Speaking of space travel, well, sort of, what's the biggest challenge with space travel? Well, one of them certainly is the problem of fuel and the problem of getting people and payloads from, you know, at ground level up into orbit. Big challenge, right? Well, we think we might have a new technology that'll solve this problem, maybe eliminating up to 70% of the fuel necessary to launch a vehicle. But to understand how it's going to work, I have to take you back to an old James Bond film, Roger Moore in Moonraker. You remember the centrifuge scene? where he's being spun around and around and around faster and faster as a kind of a form of punishment or torture. All right, now think of that as the way to launch vehicles into space. Last week, Spin Launch announced that it had signed a deal with NASA to launch a payload with its suborbital system later this year as a test for potential future commercial launches. Here's the idea. A payload, such as a satellite, is attached to the end of a large carbon fiber arm placed inside a circular vacuum chamber. The arm then starts spinning. 
around and around and around, going faster and faster, powered by an electric motor at the center of the chamber. The payload at the end of the arm eventually reaches a speed of sound, and then up to seven or eight times the speed of sound, 5,000 miles an hour, before being released upward through the vacuum chamber out into the regular atmosphere and up into orbit, presumably. Think of maybe your friend spinning you on a merry-go-round and jumping off, only doing so vertically, at Mach 7. Yeah, so it may come as no surprise that there are some design challenges. Uh, The sonic boom, acceleration through the lower atmosphere, and the heat that that would generate, and designing any payload that's going to survive that much G-force as it spins around in that tight circle. Which, of course, the question then is, people? Would you? Really? But Spin Launch is confident that it either has or can solve all of those problems, and they look forward to new partners and basically trying to replace current launch vehicles and the amount of energy that they consume getting vehicles up into space. Not to be down on new science or anything, I'm just telling you that my take on this, it feels a little bit like a bunch of ex-carnies got together over beers one night and came up with an idea. I'm probably not going to be part of the beta test for this one. And then there's the saga of Will Smith and Chris Rock. Yeah, Saturday Night Live weekend update finally had their chance to take a swing at the topic. As punishment for slapping Chris Rock, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences has banned Will Smith from attending the Oscars for 10 years. But is that a punishment? (laughs) (laughs) And speaking as someone never who has been to one of these award ceremonies, but who has watched many of them, I think I get where Colin Jost is coming from. He can still be nominated and even win an award. He can even go to the after party. He just doesn't have to attend the four-hour ceremony (laughs) where someone is definitely going to make fun of his wife again. And like most of the best humor, it winds up being self-deprecating. And just as a reminder, Colin Jost and Michael Che together hosted the 2018 Emmy Awards. I think, honestly, I think a real punishment would be to make Will Smith host next year's Oscars. Because trust me, nothing will make you question your choices in life more than hosting an award show. (laughs) And finally, there's TikTok and Paul. This is a story about how an entire Southwest flight fell in love with a man named Paul. Now, they had us bored about a half an hour late. And that happens. That's to be expected. Little delays happen. What we did not expect is that once we got on the plane, they'd keep us at the gate. For two hours, this is when we got to know Paul. Paul was by himself on the plane with two toddlers, and they were not handling the delay well. So it turns out that Paul was with his wife, who has another infant, and they were together on a flight, and then they got split up. She got on one flight, he got on a different flight, and of course, he's apologizing the plane, and essentially, everybody is on Paul's side, completely on Paul's side, doing their best to help him out. It gives them something to think about while they're sitting on the tarmac waiting, and then catastrophe. And finally, they got on the loudspeaker, and they were like, hey... Just to let you know, we have a weight issue. We're overweight by about 250 pounds, so it's going to be the last person that was assigned to the flight is going to be asked to leave. I'm really sorry. That's the way we have to do it. We're just trying to keep it fair. And then we watched in disbelief as they walked back to Paul. <laughs> in the process, three other people stand up and volunteer to take their his place to get off the flight. Eventually, he has to leave the flight. But everybody's unhappy. People are murmuring about this, the uh, recounter on TikTok says. And the flight attendant gets on and says, hey, listen, we know you all know Paul's story. Just so you know, mom and dad are being reunited on another flight. They're going to all fly together. They're going to be leaving about half an hour. It's all worked out. And the whole plane's like, victory! Except for one of the guys that stood up to volunteer. He stood up and was like, 
and he's going to get at least $800 in flight credits, right? <laughs> this is the guy you want on your negotiating team, right? Well, in the end, the steward uh, does give him a nod, yes, even though not officially saying yes, but we got to believe that that happens. And everybody's celebrating their victory, except they still have to wait like another half hour to get up in the air. They arrive late, but Paul was taken care of, apparently. All I know is the author of this TikTok, Brian Minerly, I would expect to see him on the morning shows coming up soon. Because whether Paul is entertaining or not, this guy definitely is. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And please consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already, and hit the five-star rating before you go. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.